Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I am Sammy Scorstead. Together we have combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read list, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. Oh, and hey Sammy, it's Christmas Eve! Merry Christmas Eve and happy 11th day of Bookmas. Um, I literally can't believe we made it this far. <laughs> We're almost done. Woo! Woo. <laughs> All right. Uh, the book of the moment for Bookmas Day 11 is The Holiday Swap by Maggie Knox. Just a forewarning to those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. Uh, the author of The Holiday Swap, Maggie Knox, is the pen name for writing duo Karma Brown and Marissa Stapley. Oh, like Christina Lauren. Okay, cool. Brown is an award-winning journalist and best-selling author of five novels, including the number one national bestseller, Recipe for a Perfect Wife. Okay, interesting. (laughs) Don't know what to... Okay. Um, As well as the nonfiction bestseller, The 4% Fix, How One Hour Can Change Your Life. Her writing has appeared in publications such as Self, Redbook, and Today's Parent. She lives just outside Toronto with her family and a labradoodle named Fred. Stapley is a former magazine editor and the internationally bestselling author of four novels, Mating for Life, Things to Do When It's Raining, The Last Resort, and Lucky. Marissa Stapley's journalism has appeared in magazines and newspapers across North America, including The Globe and Mail, Toronto Star, Elle, Today's Parent, and Reader's Digest. She lives in Toronto with her family and a precocious black cat named Oscar. What a vibe. Um, (laughs) The Holiday Swap was their first novel written together as Maggie Knox. Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding the book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Quote, a feel-good holiday-themed romantic comedy about identical twins who switch lives in the days leading up to Christmas. Perfect for fans of Christina Lawrence in a holidays and Josie Josie (laughs) Silver's One Day in December. All they want for Christmas is a different life. When chef Charlie Goodwin gets hit on the head on the L.A. set of their reality baking show, she loses a lot more than consciousness. She also loses her ability to taste and smell, both critical to her success as a show judge. Meanwhile, Charlie's identical twin, Cass, is frantically trying to hold her own life together back in their quaint mountain hometown while running the family's bustling bakery and dealing with her ex, who won't get the memo that they're over. With only days until Christmas, a desperate Charlie asks Cass to do something they haven't done since they were kids, switch places. Looking for her own escape from reality, Cass agrees, but temporarily trading lives proves more complicated than they imagined, especially when rugged firefighter Jake Greenman and gorgeous physician's assistant Miguel Rodriguez are thrown into the mix. Will the twins' identity swap be a recipe for disaster, or does it have all the right ingredients for getting their lives back on track. Without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, well, let's premise by saying this is our last holiday book. I know. Uh, and I wasn't thank disappointed God. that it was oh. Christmassy. I, I, I mean, yeah. like, also thank God. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little over the holiday books, but I'm trying mm-hmm. not to be a Grinchy, you know, at the moment. Okay. Gotta, gotta, I, I was happy that this one actually was about the holiday, to be honest. Me too. Bit, you know? Yeah. Compared to our other ones read. Um, uh-huh. We also didn't rush read this one, which I think felt kind of nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still ended up rush reading it. Like, even though I wasn't rushed and I finished it like two days ago, I read it within a day still. So yeah, I think too. that's just my new uh, way to read things. 
Yeah. It's really fun and I think stressful in a good way. Yeah. Balls to the wall. Just yeah. like <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I definitely felt like I know it was a dual paw between Charlie and Cass, but I kind of felt like it was like Charlie was the main character, if that made sense. Yeah. I mean, it started with Charlie. So I feel like I kind of felt like and like a lot of the plot was about Charlie's life. I felt mm-hmm. like more so than Cass. Like, and I don't know if that was the intention. I feel like it was mm-hmm. intended to be kind of split, like equally invested in both storylines. Mm-hmm. But I did feel a little more invested in Charlie's. I feel like even that blurb, this is the first time I've read it, right? But even the blurb makes it sound like Charlie's it's... the main character and she asked Cass for help, which is true. She yeah. asked Cass for help, but like makes it feel like it's not shared main mm-hmm. character when the book I feel like tried to make it shared main character but that mm-hmm. almost makes me sad because like a lot of Cass's reflection was like you know her sister has this bold personality in which she, you know she asks what she wants and you know she asks right. what she wants and stuff um so that's kind of weird I feel I, I thought I don't know I don't know what I thought but I felt like Cass maybe should have gotten a little more spotlight yeah I so okay overall I feel like it wasn't that long. So, like, mm-hmm. it was a relatively average-sized book. Um, mm-hmm. Not a novella, but not, like, it was shorter than a season for Second Ch- second Chances. Yeah. Right? Um, it, it was a little bit of an easier read, too, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And But I also kind of feel like because it was dual POV... Um, I kind of felt like we, and it was like two different, like, yes, they were, it was like eventually a combined story, mm-hmm. but it was two very separate things. Like, obviously, one in there, like, what what was their town car- called? Like, Starlight? Starlight Valley or something? Starlight something? Mm, something like that. Um, And then in LA, so like, they weren't together. None of the dual POVs, like, really overlapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, it was interesting because it would have been a, per- I feel like it would have been a perfect size and for a romance if all of it was focused on one of mm-hmm. the romances, but it was split in half. So we ultimately got like 150 pages for each romance mm-hmm. and it felt very Insta lovey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "There's no development. There's been one. We-, we had one week to get to know these people, and now they're like, this is it for me. You know, I love you. Like, we're meant to be together, or whatever." Right. But I was just like, "Wait a s- like I didn't really get to know them or their relationship." This one, I think, really honest to God, felt like a Hallmark movie. Yes, in that regard, exactly what you're saying. I completely agree with. Like, yeah. It was very insta love. It was very like, yeah, it, we knew each other for a week, but now I guess we're in a serious relationship. And in mm-hmm. the epilogue, we're going to get engaged and have a baby. Like, yeah. I was like, I what? was like, okay. I mean, but, and then again, right, that is the point of those movies. And yeah. that, I guess, is the point of the book. But I think I would have liked to, like you said, I agree. Like, I would have liked to have seen more development of the actual romance and relationships mm-hmm. versus. But, you know, I did like the concept of, like, twins who swap lives. This was a real swap. 
it know, was. When we read the holiday switch. We were like, there, that there was, was no the switch. switch. Yeah. So this, I was like, okay, yeah, that was a real swap. See, okay. Points for the swap. Points for the swap. I going into it, I was like, twins swapping places. How many times has this been done before? Yeah. I was kind Recall of all Zach and Cody. <laughs> Zach and Cody. I was also big into the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movies. Uh-huh. I saw all of them. Me too. I owned all of them on DVD. <laughs> um, so I was like. And I feel like that's a very Hallmark um, idea. Yeah, like the Princess Switch and or, you know, like the Vanessa Hudgens ones. Yes. Um, Yeah, Netflix has taken it. And then Monte Carlo with Selena Gomez. (laughs) I mean, even though they weren't twins, they just like happened to look like each other. But so that this is a trope that has been done many a times before. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't have super high expectations going into it. I did like the baking aspect of it. It was fun to like read about the things they were creating. Yes. Stuff. As somebody who just like, I love recipes from books. Like I love, mm-hmm. like I have a side project in my brain that I'm thinking of for later. Um, and I have <laughs> been for a while. And this book just kind of solidified it for me that like some of the shit they were cooking sounds so fucking good. Yeah. I, and that's, I have this thing. I don't know if you have this thing too. When you're reading a book and they talk about food a lot, you like want that food. No, I like I get in I think I draw inspiration from it and I was like, oh, I haven't thought about that or maybe I'll try that next time or whatever. But um, there was a there's like a, one of those romance trilogies. It's not like a series in that aspect, but you know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. same characters from the same world um, called The Dating Game and The Marriage Plan. Right. Or, or The Dating Plan and The Marriage Game. I don't remember. Uh, I My brain switch swaps those. Okay. In the titles, but regardless, um, and their family owns a restaurant in one of those books. Now I can't remember which one. And it's like an Indian restaurant and all of the food, they like have all these celebrations and they're like explaining like what they're cooking and how they're cooking it. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm. now we must go get Indian food for dinner Mm -hmm. because I need that right now. That's just how my brain works. Also, I think, okay, you know what? I take it back. I do get that feeling, but I'm not a sweets person. That's fair. I so okay, you know the um the book series Kingdom of the Wicked? Yeah. She owns um or she worked in her family's restaurant and it was in Italy. And so they do a lot of that type of stuff. And with like I cooked this and I just feel yum, like very yum. at home in the kitchen and it was very like you know, authentic raw um just but like basic Italian food that yeah. just sounded so, so good, good. yeah so yeah, i do get that feeling where i want whatever i'm reading about yes. but i didn't get it for this because sweets make my tummy hurt that's <laughs> so. fair that's fair i was uh i was telling sd my partner who loves sweets he's got the biggest sweet tooth of anybody i've ever met mm-hmm. and i would like read him whatever they would be were, were oh making. that's cute and he was like oh my god that sounds so good <laughs> <laughs> uh so i definitely was like i would like to try whatever these things mm-hmm. are that they're cooking like all at the end of the book you know when the um competitor mm-hmm. goes in and charlie's like giving example like suggesting oh we have eat. this and this oh yeah. my god i was like yes please <laughs> i want a small town bakery to spoil me <laughs> yeah. um what did i okay so i know charlie got like a head injury yeah i know that 
I was so infuriated by her not sending the um the list recipes. of recipes. Yeah. That just seemed so stupid. I was just like mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so is she just having a big lapse in memory? Is that like are we just chalking it up to the brain injury and she forgot the most important thing of this entire switch was that she was still caring yeah. about her career? Right. I think it was the fact that she lost her phone. But I feel like once you But she could are, have called once you, yeah, once you switch but, yeah, that's true. But she yeah. tried to call. She did try to call. But they the, did. They both really of them busy. didn't. Both of them didn't try very hard. Yeah, I know. Felt I, like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Also, like, like okay, I I think what maybe frustrated me, and I I can I I'm willing to venture that this frustrated you too because you hate secrets in books. Um, yeah. I hated that Charlie wouldn't tell anybody in Starlight Peak or whatever that she was Charlie. Yeah. Because that didn't matter. It didn't that matter. Much, right? Mm-mm. Like, if you think about it, it straight up didn't matter. It mattered that Cass didn't tell anybody that she wasn't Charlie. Right. But again, she also could have told she, absolutely, Miguel. Absolutely. Absolutely. They yeah. both could have, like, it didn't have to, like, it was a stupid secret to keep. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Oh my God. I just realized that this, uh, the big swap that we forgot was the parent trap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh. I was like, I know there's a big swap movie that I like. What is it? That, is, that would be the parent trap. And that one was like a warranted swap. I was like, okay, yes, that makes sense. And it made sense. Uh, and it made sense that they couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. You know? So this I was so frustrated by because I was like, especially with Charlie. Like, and I hate, I think there was a lot that I didn't necessarily like about their love stories and I think on top of everything it was the idea of consent yeah because Jake was thinking he was wanting to kiss and date Cass right not Charlie that's Cass a completely different person known. yeah and then same with Miguel like Miguel thinks that he's dating Charlie not Cass right. so to me there's kind of this icky line of I mean well they like if this was reversed too Mm-hmm. this wouldn't have made it past the editing stage. Yeah. You know, like if, if they were men who swapped places and were technically tricking these women into yeah. being with them, this Very would not have made point. it past the editing stage. So I feel like we also have to apply that to this in a way, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, kind of a bummer because I liked the premise of them swapping places, but I didn't like that. Yeah. And also like the, the, what was the kid's name? Warner, Wagner, something like that, who worked at the bakery. Walter? No. Walter. I was don't it know. Walter? <laughs> Might have been Walter. This is how this book I usually write stick. these down. Yeah. yeah. Th- uh, it, it really didn't stick for me. And like the I liked the premise of what Cass could get out of the book. And then it like it came to fruition, but not really? as fully as I wanted it to, you know? Mm-hmm. With Brett in the beginning and turning down his crazy ass proposal because he's a little psycho. I hated right? him. I hated, I hated him, him too. so much. And then, but her saying, like, oh, Charlie, will you solve this for me? And no. then Charlie didn't really do it also, which kind mm-hmm. of upset me because, like, I feel like sister to sister. I, I would have done it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. It, it just kind of upset me. Yeah. And then also, similar to A Season of Second Chances, which mm-hmm. was our last holiday book, um, the whole, like, a crisis, someone being in danger at the, like, as, like, yeah. the climax. Yes. Which... So another thing where it was like so out of character for Cass yes! to go and do that and like climb Ugh. up a mountain in a snowstorm. Yeah. Like that just didn't make sense for it her didn't character. Make sense. Mm-hmm. 
And it made me think of, I was listening to John Green and Hank Green's podcast, and um, they, it was someone wrote in, actually named Samantha, yes. was, wrote in, was like, I'm re- writing a story, and I want a plot twist, but I don't want it to, like, take away from the characters. And Hank and John were both like, you have to write something that makes sense for the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This didn't make sense for Cass at all. Right. Right. I I was very much like, and I'm glad you made that connection to season of second chances because I didn't make that connection, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. She had said even before she went to walk up the mountain, like, oh, you know, this is how bad the weather is. And usually we all stay inside and we don't leave and like, right. And then you're going to go on a hike up the trail where it's fucking snowing. And fall and hit your head. And the thing is, too, she had shit to do. It wasn't like she could go wander around. She was like, I need to make things right with my sister. And we have to finish all of those loaves of bread. Yeah, Yeah. what the fuck, dude? It just didn't make sense. You're absolutely right. It was completely out of character. Yeah. And I thought that was extremely frustrating. There was also, like, I I really wanted to see more of, like, Cass on set. Yeah. Because Because that was the point. I wanted her to make in like I wanted multiple scenes of her making complete fool of who was Austin. her Austin. Austin. Yes. I also so I didn't read the back of the book going into this, and so as soon as they introduced Austin, <gasps> I was like, he's the love interest, be the one. He's oh, gonna no. be the love interest. And then he was a total dick, and I was really like glad that they didn't yeah. have like give yeah. him a redemption arc because that would have been infuriating yes. if he was an asshole and then. All of a sudden, he was a love interest. So yes, and especially when they started saying like he massages his coworkers. Yeah, and that stuff, was. Uh, I icky. was like, you're not going to turn this around and make me like him. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, it's just there's not no way to happen. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I thought, but like, that. it could have been fun if it was him and he wasn't like that, and it was like an enemies to lovers type. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. That could have been fun, but but he was yeah. gross and he was icky, gross. so I'm not mm-hmm. into that. Before we move on to discuss the rest of the holiday swap, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Real quick before we move on, we just want to remind you all that today is the 11th day of our 12 days of Book Miss Marathon. We have had such a great time recording all of these episodes, and we want to remind you to tune in tomorrow for our final Book Miss episode. Kind of sad, but super glad. (laughs) (laughs) Sad and glad. It's okay. It can be both. Yeah, we're, we're feeling the holly jolly, you know, vibe. Mm-hmm. Just uh, not not for 12 days straight, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, hey, we made it. We made it. Mm-hmm. Um, almost. <laughs> so close. So close. Uh, so what else happened in this book? Oh, I really liked when um, Cass started to feel a little more assertive in, like, plotting against Austin. Yeah, me too. I loved the whole, like, electronic... Um, aspect of their recipes for the contestants mm-hmm. so that she could easily switch out sugar for salt yeah wait that was so funny what no she didn't do that yes she did no she, she didn't. swapped on the recipe 
It's- no, she deleted the baking soda or baking powder or one of those and then put it back oh, on. Oh, you're right. You're right. He did the salt thing. No, he – it was one of their contestants yes. accident like had a really messy workstation right. yes. and accidentally you're right. switched them. You're right. You're right. I messed up. Yeah. You were right. The baking powder, salt, whatever, soda. Whatever the one They're that all makes the it same. go puffy. Yeah. yeah. In my head, and I don't bake, I can cook anything you could ever ask for. I could cook it. I can't bake. Um, I don't know what does what. I don't what know. What the fuck is baking soda and baking baking? What's the other one? Powder. Yeah. E- uh, email us. Let us know. <laughs> so baking soda is the Arm and Hammer. Yeah, and yeah. It's you in put the box. that in your fridge. Exactly. And then <laughs> the baking soda is the cylindrical canister yeah, thing. Yeah. I don't know what they do. Wait, I thought baking soda is in the fridge. And yeah. Baking powders I... in the. Yeah, you, you switched. Them. I, I switched them. It's I know. Okay. okay. That's the, that's Clearly, the point of this conversation. Yeah. 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 Okay. All I know is you, you put baking powder in pancakes and not baking soda. Interesting. But that's because I can cook pancakes. <laughs> not bake <laughs> not pancakes. pancakes. I'm sure if you wanted to bake them, there's an extra step in there. I'm not I willing think, to learn. I think I can bake a pie. Soda. Hang on. I There's I, no powder or soda in a pie. I buy pre-made crusts and I'm proud of that. So. As you should. Yeah. Listen. It's um, why would you make your life hard soda for the same result? Puffy. I'm Googling. Oh, if... This is an educational podcast now. Okay. So you use baking soda to make puffy paint, DIY puffy paint. So I'm going to assume. Makes things puffy. It makes things puffy. Hey, now we know. So okay. she must have uh, removed the, or the, yeah, removed the baking soda yes. aspect from the. Because it was not puffy and it was flat and that was funny. Mm-hmm. It was I funny. laughed. I think I laughed. I think I LOL'd in that moment, per- perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think there was a strong chance chance that I had an chance. actual chance. Did you take know a chance? Dude, I don't know what's wrong with me when we record, <laughs> but I suddenly get like six different aspects. Call it my neurodivergency. Aspects? Or aspects? Aspects. What the <laughs> fuck? Is- hey, listen. <laughs> listen. It's been a long 12 days. <laughs> it has. And today's been a long day so far. <laughs> I used up all my talking when we talked on the phone earlier. <laughs> yeah. FaceTimed for an hour and a half. Yeah, I-, I used up all of my brain thought and word speak. Mm. So I like that terminology. Are. Are now. Uh, I thought it was very interesting to learn after I read the book that this was two authors. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. How, how does two authors work? I want to know. Yeah. Do they each write separately Chapter? and come together? Because I didn't maybe, uh, I don't even know if like I could, cause like Christina Lauren, I, there's no like distinct two writing styles. Uh-huh. You know, but so I wonder, or maybe they write them separately and then through the editing process, they kind of come to make it seem more like just one. That sounds complicated. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe one of them, we're going to ignore the email sound. I feel like maybe one of them has like ideas and the other one does the writing. I don't, but like, I wouldn't be able to just do the writing. Like, I would have ideas too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the other person just comes up with some of the ideas and gets like half the name. I don't know, man. This is how does it work? I think it all comes down to intellectual property law. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But also, they're friends? Question mark. I know Christina Lauren 
they are friends. I'm going to assume that Maggie and my Maggie Knox are friends. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa and Karma. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But I, I think with Dulpov, maybe maybe they picked like, oh, I'm going to write Cass and I'm going to write Charlie. Oh. And here's our idea that we have mapped out. But that's my question for like, how does Christina Lauren do it? Because they they don't write Dulpov. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't I must know. know. But, but if it is, if it is the way I just said like they trade off like i write this character you write that character then like i feel like it makes a little more sense yeah that would actually be good to have like kind of literally two, two perspectives yeah, yeah. um huh. so that's something to ask and think about perhaps <laughs> yeah if somebody has the answer please email us at hardcoverhose at gmail.com oh hardcoverhose pod yes at gmail.com pod don't forget the don't pod. forget the pod yeah um also, uh, it just back on the topic of like the secret being kept. Yeah. I think that like it legitimately pissed me off more from Charlie than it did from Cass. Yeah. But the thing that started to get to me was when like Cass went to Miguel's parents' house for dinner and pretended and to I was be like, Charlie. I was like, really? Like that's yeah. because also like <laughs> I know my family, right? If this situation happened to me. And then I went and told them, oh, yeah, that girl that I'm dating, she was actually lying to me the entire time that we were dating for that. There's no redemption. Yeah. Oh, my God. Never. Never. Nobody would forgive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even if it was a funny little we we had to swap for this thing. Okay. Well, he's not that thing. Right. Yeah. Like, nope. Ain't happening. Ain't Mm -hmm. happening. And they're like, okay, I think what was also frustrating was they really wrote all of the other characters to just be really dumb or like ignoring what was right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because it was so obvious that like there were so many slip ups yeah. of like, oh, you don't surf, but you own all of this stuff. Yeah. Or like, you don't know me. Like, we just like the Miguel stuff was a little more because like, yeah, he didn't okay, know you her. had. Well, yeah, he didn't know her, but also she had the brain injury, so there was a yeah. little more of an excuse for there to be slip-ups, potentially. Yeah. Right. But with Charlie being acting as Cass in a small town where mm-hmm. everyone knew her and also knew Charlie, because Charlie grew up there, too, mm-hmm. it would be very, like, I, it would just, like, was everyone else just dumb? Like, My are- real question with that, too, I think you're bringing up something important, is, like, what about Brett? How yeah. did Brett not Ooh. notice that the girl he was dating for five years was actually her twin sister? Yeah. That's so fake to me. Like, that's yeah. such a plot hole. Because they were dating for five years. And he knew and he Charlie. Knew she had it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, he didn't notice that, like, suddenly Cass, quote unquote, has a tattoo. Yeah, because they addressed the tattoo thing for Cass, for Cass, Cass, yeah, but did not for Charlie, right? Weird. Until until Cass eventually, and then Cass eventually gets a tattoo too, right? But I was like, how does the man you are with, who's proposing and being all psycho to you, whatever, like that aside, how does he not notice that you're mm. your twin sister? That was icky as fuck. I was like, come on, because uh, yeah, no, yeah. That's... No, I'm sorry. If my man in any circumstance can't tell the difference between me and my twin sister after five years, sus. 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 Red flag. <laughs> Red flag. He's got a twin thing. Uh. There's something <laughs> wrong here. He 
he's, he's watched seen way too many adult films. Oh, yeah, we were about to say the same thing. <laughs> I was not going to use adult films, though. I was going to say porn. But well, yeah. well, you know, I was trying not to get our sponsorship provoked. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> I did. So, I mean, okay, even though I was frustrated that Charlie never sent the recipes because yeah. that just seemed stupid. Yeah. Um, I, w- I did like that it gave Cass an opportunity to explore yes. in the kitchen. And because she's clearly very talented and never really had the space or the time or the opportunity to, like, build upon the family recipes that much. Yeah. Um, and this gave, this was her chance to just go crazy. Okay, wait, one other thing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Aperol spritz, I, I associate with summer, not Christmas. And she made yeah cupcakes because she's like, oh, it's just such a good Christmassy thing. And I was like... That's a summertime rooftop. Uh... Yeah, I think that's the only time I've ever had an Aperol spritz. Now that yeah, you, you're explaining it like that, you're right. You're absolutely right. Also, to be honest, like the the bitterness of Aperol does not oh, sound good. Uh-uh. Those did not sound yummy. They didn't sound yummy. I'll, I'm I got to dock a point of yumminess. There. The color would be fun. Absolutely, and would be Christmassy. Yeah, almost. But- it's like that orangey. Yeah, but Red. the flavor is like very much it's it's a summer <laughs> it's that light summer bright color like sipping in the south of France or on a rooftop bar like I like drink. the picture you're painting, friend. That yeah. sounds quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but I completely agree. I think that was a weird recipe choice. Unless I'm totally wrong and no. it actually is a wintry drink, but I don't I- think you are. Because I really associate it, like, I never had one until I moved to New York, and that is, like, the summertime, like, rooftop bar drink. Yeah, yeah. Or when you go to Italy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I miss Italy. Yeah. <laughs> An Aperol spritz from Italy sounds pretty good right about now. Uh, <laughs> cries in West Coast. <laughs> oh, also, can we talk about where the fuck is Starlight Peak? Because she said it was like I know, north California. of L.A. North like of Bakersfield? L.A. Um, okay, but it doesn't snow right directly north of L.A. It was, okay, so it's three hours. Oh, was so, it three hours? <laughs> yes, it was three hours. Okay, so three maybe it snows. <laughs> but then they referenced San Bernardino. Bernardino. San Bernardino? I, I've never known how to pronounce it. San but, Bernardino? Bern, but, but there's Bernardino. 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 But it, when I say it, it's Bernardino. Bernardino. <laughs> yeah. San, San Berner, Bernardino. Whatever. Okay. This brings us to a conversation about our hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is San Clemente. Okay. That's how you say it. Yeah. Except if you live there, not a single person says San Clemente. Because it's white. You say San Clemente. So Clemente. Uh, my, my right away thing of knowing if somebody knows what the fuck I'm talking about is how they pronounce it. If yeah. they say San Clemente, I know they're from San Clemente or they've really been there. But if they say San Clemente, you're like, all right, well. Yes. Okay. You've never been there. <laughs> That's the same premise. And I this is this is a hill I'll die on. Let's talk about hill I'll die on real quick, unrelated okay. to this book. Um, have you ever heard a person from the state of California call California Cali? Nope. 
You send me this TikTok. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think not. about it all the time because I have friends from not California yep. who would go to visit California and they'd be like, going to Cali for the weekend. Yep. I'll be in Cali next weekend. You yep. want to go to Cali. Not a single person says that. You nope. sound stupid. <laughs> I have now two friends from New York who've come uh, to visit me and they've said, hey, we're in Cali so many oh times. And I've had to, like, it bothers me so much. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love you. Do not say Cali. Literally. It is the cringiest. So cringy. That's and now uh, in exchange for that hill I'll die on, I will give an embarrassing me moment of doing something like this. Oh, and it is when I first moved to New York, I lived in the financial district to go to college. Uh-huh. And um, the financial district is FIDI financial mm-hmm. district. Right. But the did the did did becomes die. Right. Uh, I what did you say? say Fitty. Because I didn't know that FIDI meant financial district. And I had never heard anybody say it. So I would say, I live in Fiddy. I live in Fiddy. I I really. For about two to three months. Two to three months I said this (laughs) to everyone I met. Can you imagine? Me That's talking amazing. to people, places, and trying to make new friends in New York, and they say, "Oh, where do you live? Oh, I live downtown in Fiddy." So I got shat on by someone who Daniel and I were eating in um, the East Village, mm-hmm. and the guy who owned the restaurant came over. It was like a pretty small place, and he was talking to us. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I moved here." I blah blah blah, whatever. And he goes, "Oh, where do you live?" And I was like, "Oh, I live in East Harlem, right next to the Target." And he looked at me and he goes, don't you ever say that to a New Yorker ever again. I'm dead. That's so embarrassing. And I was like, <laughs> I like my face is probably bright red. Thank God it was dark. But he goes, tell people you live near Rayo's, which is the really famous right. Italian restaurant that was yeah. like, I didn't even know existed at the time. That was three blocks away from me, owned by the fucking mafia or something. But um, <laughs> I was always just like, oh, yeah, I live right next to the Target. And because it was the best, biggest Target in Manhattan, it was huge. And there was a Costco and an Aldi. It was like the biggest shopping center that you could also find in a rural area. But it was it was still in Manhattan, which is like exciting. But um, yeah, and he was like, don't like. Don't admit that you shop at Target. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> and me from San Clemente was, like, so excited to live next to a Target. <laughs> right? Yeah. That was why I was excited when I lived in the financial district. Let's just out ourselves about New yeah. York things right now. No, yeah, seriously. Let's... We can save it for when we're, when we're recording the next one, I guess. Okay. Okay. But uh, I will say that, um, you know, obviously living in New York, you know what a deli is versus what a deli is not. Right? Right. Um. And also being from California, a deli is the meat counter, right, yep. in in everywhere else except for, like, cities, basically. Yeah. And then a deli is, like, a, a small convenience store, basically. But, uh, so, for example, here, right, there is a deli down the street from my house. There's two. Mm-hmm. And when my parents came to visit me here in Portland, uh, Esty and my parents went to go get beer together mm-hmm. while I did other things with my grandparents. Um and my dad was like, oh, okay, cool, perfect. And so they went to the deli. And when my dad comes back with the beer, he was like, I was like, oh, how was the deli? Everything good? And he was like, oh, yeah, except they didn't sell any meat. I don't know why you're calling it a deli. And I was like, oh, my God. That's funny. We're having con- this conversation. <laughs> well, anyways. Um- <laughs> back to the book that we haven't talked about in back 10 minutes. Back to the book. I just want to know 
geography wise where the fuck oh, starlight right. peak i think was. it was kind of meant to be like big bear oh because that's like three oh. hours from la oh you're right and you would drive through san bernardino and it does snow it does snow oh shit look at you yep you, you cracked the case wide open yeah um yeah, that was confusing me because at first, I, I guess I skipped over the part where it was a three-hour drive. Um, yeah. Uh, but I was like, this that makes no fucking sense. Like, Yeah, that's the only place that could possibly be where, what they were talking about. But they made it sound so much more enchanting than what, like, Big Bear <laughs> Big actually Bear is. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big Bear is not that cute. I'm sorry. Is there like, a real Starlight Peak? This is a made-up town. No, right? no. Starlight. It's so made-up. Peak. I'm just, just because- triple-checking. I, like they also mentioned that there was a mountain nearby where you could go skiing or snowboarding and the only place to do that that's in like within three hours of la would be big bear or like snow summit maybe or sammy what is there actually a snow light peak there's a starlight peak no fucking way no way i don't believe you i'm dead are you kidding me i want to Peak, california where is it it is a sub-summit on the Mastiff of North Palisade. What? Oh, no, that's a, that's a, that's a mountain. That's a peak. That's a literal peak. That's a literal peak. peak. <laughs> <But then it laughs> I says, don't think it's a town. Wait, wait, wait. I, 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 my eyes just saw, like, Starlight Peak, California, and I was like, what? Oh, God. Climber dies in fall. Okay. Huh. No, it's a summit to climb. Are are we saying the right town? Are we positive that it's Starlight Peak? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we should they know. They said it in the front, in the first thing. Los Angeles. It's on every chapter. Cast. Starlight Peak. Yeah. It is? Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so this was a whole wasted conversation. <laughs> I thought I I'm- found something. <laughs> That's okay. I'm glad there wasn't actually one. We would have sounded like really dumb Southern Californians. But to be completely honest, though, California's huge. Yeah, but it's like our region. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, uh, there's like I I claim nothing from Northern California. I know nothing about Northern California. Um, I honest to God claim nothing north of LA. Yeah, that's fair. I I consider (laughs) everything north of LA Northern California. Actually, no, I'll take it back. <laughs> Everything north of Santa Barbara is Northern California for me. That's fair. I didn't, I didn't go out much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lived there. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know. Well, now we know. Uh, there's a real Starlight Peak. It's just a peak, though. It's not a town. Yes. Um, there are no twins who own a bakery there. Yes. Unless they live at the top of the very peak peak. Um, Can we – I just really quickly want to um... – comment on brett's audacity as a man um that was infuriating yeah like she asks for space and time he proposes yeah and then Cass is like "Mm, something doesn't feel right i want some time and some space he gives her that and then she's finally ready to talk and surprise i bought us a house to live in because obviously now like we're gonna be together yeah. I, you know what pissed me off about that, too? Is, like, uh, so they finally break up, break up, and then he starts dating Sharon, who has a crush on him. Yeah. Um, Sharon, by the way, reminded me of the lady from the most recent season of You. <laughs> yes. Because she was kind of gossipy in the hometown yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. Um, 
I can't think of her name, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I, I just thought it was strange that after coming off of a five-year relationship and being all like, we're getting married, I bought you a house and everything, like, within a week, he can be dating somebody else. Like, Cass, yeah. I get, because she mentally was like, this relationship has been over. For years, yeah. Yeah, uh, and she was the one who ended things. So, like, I get her moving on. But that was weird to me that he was like, you literally proposed a week ago again. Yeah. You know, I kind of I kind of feel like even like once he finally got it, I feel like they were kind of on the same page of like, yeah, you're right. Like this was like I was trying really hard to save something that wasn't there. And I think once he finally like got it through his thick skull when Charlie (laughs) pretending to be cast went off on him. Yeah. I think then it was like he ended up in a similar place as like right. okay you know what like this has actually been over yeah but um yeah the whole like it just seemed in that sense the way he was trying to keep Cass it seemed very ownershipy and like oh yeah and very possessive and i like it was just everything i don't like about the idea of relationships was like him and how he was going about things right with no communication, just yeah. here's what I want. Exactly. And like, and just like genuine, no, zero understanding or respect for yeah. a partner. And yeah. I'm with you. I, he was infuriating and I, ugh, ugh. I'm starting to have more respect for authors who write characters that I genuinely hate. Yeah. It takes, I was going to say it takes a lot, but. maybe it doesn't maybe it maybe it doesn't (laughs) but i think i'm like i'm quick to hate characters honestly and it's harder for me to like love characters but like i do have respect for even with tv shows and stuff when they do such a good job of like oh my god like i i literally have a sinking feeling in my gut about these people these fictional characters right i'm like okay you know what maybe you're like you're good you're good at that did you have a favorite twin I liked Cass. Me too. I think there's yeah. something about the more down-to-earth characters that I like. Yeah. Like, Charlie brought, got brought back down to earth a little bit, but maybe it's something about the, like, I don't... I saw what Cass was angry about with Charlie's life, you know? Like, yes. Char- Cass being mad that they make Charlie dress up in all these frilly little right. outfits. And stilettos. Austin, and stilettos yeah. while Austin gets to wear his chef whites and, like, mm-hmm. be a professional-looking chef on TV. And she looks like a woman. That's an ornament. It. Yeah. Yeah, an ornament. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, I, I'm angry with Cass on that. And I think, Frustrated like. Frustrated that Charlie tra- let that happen. Right. Charlie was kind of complacent with it. And she knew, well, I, I want to get this next position and this and that and that's why I have to be like this and I understand that that is the circumstances for some lines of work but I I agreed with Cass although I didn't agree with Cass quitting I did not either uh that was not her decision ultimately you can be mad you can not like it but that was not your call nope uh I also didn't like that in the times that they talked to each other they didn't tell each other what was going on? What was happening? Yeah. yeah. Like, Charlie should have said, hey, by the way, I'm, like, kind of dating Jake as you. And Cash should have said, oh, that's funny. I'm kind of dating Miguel as you. Ha You know? Yeah. Because then when, like, Cass comes back to Starlight Peak and she sees Jake and, like, is like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. I was yeah. like, that, that's not nice for anybody involved, honestly. 
That's no, it was cool. it was like there were the they were keeping the secrets from everyone else, but like also keeping secrets from each other, and it was right. just too many secrets. Just, just like why like yeah like it's one thing if it would have made sense for Mm -hmm. those to be secrets but again i just don't like secrets and i don't like especially secrets that have that aren't important it's just like why it's so frustrating also like i think ultimately charlie could have told brett that she was charlie right I think that would have been a big important thing too. Like mm-hmm. blowing up at him but saying, "Listen, dude, I've watched firsthand how you're acting around my sister because you're acting like that to me as if I'm my sister." Right. True. I and now I am a second perspective to see that you're being fucking psycho. And also like she wanted away from you so bad, she jumped at the opportunity to go 3 hours away from you. Yeah. Like it's over, dude. Yeah, it's and I think he would have gotten gotten the picture yeah. <laughs> at that point. But yeah. I was just like, I'm confused, man. This this could have been done differently, I think. Like, the mm-hmm. switch is funny. I like the idea of the switch. But you didn't need to make everyone else not in on the secret. Yeah. The production team at her work, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, sure. Everybody else, no. <laughs> it wasn't necessary. Just dumb. Yeah, just dumb. And it made me not like the romance that happened because then mm-hmm. she, then you have to tell these romantic interests, like, here's this big lie that I've started off our attraction with. Building a relationship on a lie like that. Yeah, and it's big, just... Big, huge, I, huge lie. I also, I just, I, and like with the romances, because it was like, it was a swap, whatever, like a twin swap, but it was like a holiday romance yeah. book, you know? And there wasn't enough romance. Yeah. Or the romance was just underdeveloped for both of them. I think if it had just focused on one of the stories and, like, we got a full 300-something pages on one romance, right? then I would have been maybe a little more invested. But since it was split like that and was also focusing on their careers and their own individual lives, I was just like, the romance was such an afterthought. Yeah. And I was like, I know nothing about these characters, really. Right. What did you think of the epilogue? I thought it was dumb. Did you? It had two things that I think... Okay, so it was a year later. Yes. So I'll give them that. A year later, I'll give them that. But it had two things that I think both of us collectively don't like, and that is the Christmas proposal. Yep. And the pregnancy trope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is not to say, like, we don't necessarily like it if a character gets pregnant. If it furthers their I story, don't. sure. <laughs> well, if it furthers their, their story, I, I'm okay with it. But, like, in this, it was just like, well, we can't have both of them get engaged on Christmas was basically, I think, the thought behind it. So what if we say Charlie's pregnant and Cass and... Wait. They what? weren't even engaged. They were getting yeah. married. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. You're it right. wasn't even an engagement. You're right, you're right, it was right. a surprise. I Someone here is ordained to be a minister and oh my God, we're right. getting married right now. Yes. Yes. That It was just all over the place. Like, listen, I like the idea of a Christmas wedding. Don't get me wrong. However, mm-hmm. however, it was very much like all too much all at the same time. Right. It was. It was too much. That's what it was. <laughs> there should have been it was two just epilogues. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Because I think they tried to bring in the, the two twins as one person again. Yeah. Which, like, the whole point of the book was they have their independent lives. 
and then they but it was like they lost touch and like they were not yeah. as close anymore so it was like they're both now in starlight peak and they have this cooking show together and yeah uh yeah i just overall meh meh agree agree yeah. so uh what's your rating i mm, i don't know if i should be brutal or honest or mm, brutally honest um, <laughs> or okay it's so like the writing wasn't bad it was yeah. like easy to get through i just genuinely i don't have many redeeming i had more things that i was like annoyed with mm-hmm. than anything so i'm i'm gonna be kind of mean maybe okay and do a 2.5 okay i think that's fair okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go three five 3.5 okay because it was christmasy it yeah. did feel like a hallmark movie which i think is what we thought we were gonna get from our christmas books mm-hmm. and it wasn't what we got from most of the christmas books aside from like in holidays right right even like duke actually wasn't like it was i guess it was kind of hallmarky yeah so, but I think this is kind of, this book is what I thought we were going to get from our Christmas books. Okay. But like, when you say that, I like, I thought we were going to get this, but I wasn't, I didn't want Hallmarky. I cannot stand Hallmark Christmas okay. movies. Uh, well, I, mm, that's a good point. It's not that I wanted it. I think that's just what I was expecting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think this one delivered Christmas vibe you know what i'm gonna go with the three i, I okay. don't think i can give it that five <laughs> the point five. okay because okay. after the discussion i feel like yeah there weren't many redeeming factors unfortunately yeah. it was very meh yeah and i think a three's a meh it wasn't like painful like i got through no. it and mm-hmm. i wanted to finish it like there have been others where i was just like i would have dnf'd this you know right yeah so i mean Maybe I am being a little more brutal, but I'm just in a brutal mood. So, you know, that's interesting because it's Christmas Eve. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's been that season. It's just it's, been. I, I think it has too. Uh. <laughs> I missed my flight. I yeah. had to stay in an airport for 12 hours. I'm, you know the vibes. Um, not a happy camper. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Before we part, we'd just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you are listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Hose Discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, feel free to recommend books to cover. I'm just gonna keep it the way it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was what Book Miss did to us, okay? No structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <sighs> as always, I'm Sam Dixon. I'm Sammy Scorstad. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, you have yeah. to wait. Ooh. Uh, because tomorrow's Christmas Day, and that marks the final day of the 12 Days of Bookmas, wherein we will have a special bonus episode for you all. And after that, we will be taking a brief holiday hiatus to regroup and recharge. That's what people say when they take hiatuses from things, right? Um, yeah. We, we can't wait to see you guys again, for real, for real, in 2022 with a new and improved TBR. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading. <laughs>